How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Amy Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show. As always, my name is Jamie Filer. I'm the co-host of the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show. I'm excited to be here with you today talking to hidden gym owner, gym owner extraordinaire, Greg McCoy. How are you, sir? Hey, Jamie. I am so good. It's great to be here. How are you feeling after your competition this weekend? I feel awesome. It's always uh, such a high... Um, obviously, to, uh, to to grab a, a win helps too, um, but you know, regardless, like if you if you hit your look and then get a little a few calories in your system, you are uh, you are riding in the clouds, man. So I feel good. Yeah, you're a changed man, huh? And now <laughs> yeah. it's uh, I think you mentioned offline. It's just off season for you for the next, I guess, the re- remainder of 2021. Yeah, I did uh, North Americans uh, three weeks ago, um, and then wanted to do a local show. Um, you know, friends, family, I was competing alongside some clients and to get my requalification out of the way for next year. So those two shows and now it's uh, we got a busy personal schedule, which I'm excited about. Lots of weddings, lots of trips. Um, so we're shutting down the diet and uh, going to live some life and uh, live some heavy weights. I love that. I love that. So busy personal schedule. As always, you have a busy professional schedule. So I'm not going to take up any of your any more of your time. Let's get down to business. The Let's topic for today's show is who's on your bus. And I'm assuming you've read the Jim Collins book, Good to Great, Greg. Yeah, I, I recognize the figure out who's on the bus. So that's uh, right right at the beginning of the book there. So exactly. excellent, excellent book, excellent topic. I love it. So guys, if you haven't read Jim Collins, Good to Great, A, read it, B, Uh, One of the initial chapters is called First Who, Then What? And what it implies is that in order to build a great organization, what is most important is that you have the right team behind you and not just behind you, but essentially with you. You're not even necessarily the driver of your own bus, right? Um, So we want to make sure that first you put the right people on your bus, then we figure out where they go then where the bus is going. So Greg, let's talk about team. All right. Uh, if you read Matt's blog post, there are five, five, we'll call them members, but they're really five branches of your team. Mentors and coaches, family, friends, colleagues, employees, coworkers, etc. So I guess professional branch. And then of course your clients. Let's start with mentors and coaches. How important have those people been in your life and to your success? Extremely. And um, I don't want to divert from the question because I'm going to come straight back to it. But I I wanted to just tell a quick personal story about this exact topic um, because I owned, uh, this is my third gym over the course of 11 years. Um, And I owned a gym and I took on partners um, back in 2013 to 2018. And I read, um, we were having some turbulence within that management team. And I read this book at the uh, tail end of that um, chapter of my career. And um, I, I decided um, to get very intentional about who was on my bus. And so I did this exercise 
I, I wrote down, okay, I've been doing this a decade now. I, I Every year that I had been um, kind of in my career, I wrote down the five people I spent the most time with and kind of analyzed what impact did that have on those years. Um, and it was, it was really neat to see that from 2009 to 2018, who did I spend the most time with in those years? And, uh, and it was very telling about what was going on in my life in those years. And so I remember the, for the first time, 2018, I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm deciding who's going to be in my top five. I'm going to pick them. I'm going to take them to lunch. I'm going to tell them, Hey, look, you're in my top five, whether you like it or not. And we're going to spend a lot of time together. And uh, I've done that ever since. And it's one of uh, it's one of the biggest things you can do to really affect the outcomes that you're after. Um, and I do it to this day. So I was so pumped that this was the topic because that um, that exercise alone has had such a huge impact on my life. That's so interesting. Oh, my God. We could. OK, just based on that anecdote, we could have an entirely separate podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to put it in the notes. There's going to be a part B. Cool, cool. But so back to mentors. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, m- mentors are huge. Um, and I've had good ones and I've had bad ones. And honestly, um, you can learn as much from the bad ones as from the good ones. Obviously, you learn um, with a bad mentor. Um, you learn what you don't want, which is important. Um, and you learn what not to do. Um, but right now I've got, um, you know, kind of two key mentors that I use, one more on the spiritual side um, and then one that's strictly, you know, how to be the best gym owner I can be. And um, I speak to that mentor on a weekly basis for one hour. And um, it, uh, you know, has, you know, just really propelled uh, me through, you know, my last uh, since we bought Hidden Gym is I actually hired this guy. Um, Jim Thomas is his name. I'll go ahead and give him a shout out. Um, I hired Jim um, to help me buy the gym because he specializes in brokering deals. And um, we got along really well. And um, he's been an, a tremendous mentor for me. And I've, you know, having been done this for, you know, I guess 12, 13 years now, the past three, I've had more strides as a gym owner than the previous 10 combined. So um, it's it's hugely important. Um, there's so much you can learn. And it's it's such a a fun relationship for both mentor and mentee. So I'm a big believer in, in mentorship. So I have two follow-up questions. Um, number one, is it too, is it ever too early to hire a coach or mentor? I don't think so. I think the earlier, the better. I mean, I, I, I think there's error in the thought process of like, hey, let me get my stuff together and then I'll hire this mentor. That's where I, I was going with that, yeah. Yeah, I think that's an error. I think the sooner you can get that wisdom in your life, the better. And it's going to, you're going to save so many mistakes. You guys listening are trainers that what do you think about the client that's going to get in shape before they hire you? Right? Like it's, you know, they're going to do a a poor job of it and then you're going to have to fix the bad habits. Like might as well hire you from day one and save them all the mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Right. And then my next question is what differentiate, I mean, you mentioned you've had bad mentors. What, what is a bad, how do you know whether you have a bad mentor? I think it comes down to results, right? Like the, maybe the person's got good intentions or maybe they don't. Um, but um, is your life getting better? Is your business improving? You know, for me, I was following this um, individual because he was very successful, but like I was burning through some relationships. I had people warning me like, hey, you know, you don't want to be around this guy. He's not a good person. And, you know, things were just kept going bad. And I was like, 
you eventually you're like, okay, well, he's successful and I'm doing what he does. Um, but like, it's going poorly. So I'm going to, I need to disassociate. Like, this is not good advice that I'm getting. Yep. Yep. For sure. And Greg, out of curiosity, did you have a coach for your bodybuilding competition? So I had this year, um, and last year actually was the first time I coached myself. Um, I've done probably 20 shows. Um, I started competing in 2006. Um, and so I've worked with, um, I honestly intentionally hired a different coach almost every prep just because I was trying to expand my knowledge base. Yeah. And the past two years, um, while I did coach myself, um, it was by no means a, um, a you know, just one person that. thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, as part of my picking my five people, like um, Steve Kuklo is on my bus. Like I, Steve and I have been friends for a long time. Uh -huh. and we've been training in and out. He looks at me. He, I bounce my ideas off him. I want to make the decision because I committed to doing my own prep, but definitely like um, obviously being around someone that's a top five in the world is going to rub off well on, on yeah. me and my competitions. Um, but yeah, so that was, he was definitely part of my like, okay, top five, Greg's got bodybuilding goals, hang out with the top pro bodybuilder. I think, brilliant. So I think you just brought up an interesting uh, point about coaches and mentors as well. They should have accomplished something. Like yeah. you should be able to Google your mentor's name and have at least two Google pages worth of, let's call it credibility, mm -hmm. right? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You got to vet them out. Um, do, do, did they walk the walk? I mean, there's unfortunately, you know, people get into mentorship after a, a couple a couple small wins. And it's no different than you guys as trainers know, um, especially in the bodybuilding world. Do one show, become a coach. Um, you know, you, you probably if it's a mentor, you know, you want someone that's had the ups and downs. Yeah. Been through hard times and bad and and had some, you know, has trophies on the wall. Good point. Good point. Um, next category is family. And this is an interesting one because we can't necessarily choose, but we can choose to put our family on the bus, right? Yeah. Um, what is your experience with, I guess, family members on your bus? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, again, you, you, you never want to give up on family. They, um, they're, they're your family and you're going to be there for them but you can choose, um, you know, the relationships that you spend more time with than others and, um, and kind of, uh, throttle those up and down, I guess you could say, okay. um, for, you know, for my wife and I were lucky, um, you know, we've got some very supportive family members that, um, you know, we don't need to worry that, you know, we know if we're busy, they, um, they understand and we have a, a mutual understanding that, um, we love them, even if we can't be, um, present all the time. Um, but we do, you know, make sure that we make time, um, you know, when it counts. And then, you know, sometimes you've got, um, you know, family members that uh, unfortunately, um, you know, either it's kind of like maybe because they see you in a light that uh, is different than what you, you, you really are and they don't think you can do it um, or they don't necessarily believe that um, little Greg from that uh, we knew in Arlington can. Yeah can do this, you yep. got to be careful not to let them breathe that on you. Yep. And I think that's so interesting that you brought that up. I was visiting my mom yesterday and I had to take a call at 1 PM and she said, you work so hard. You're always working. And first of all, it's 
technically between nine and five, like the majority of the population is currently working, but also right. Like, especially when it's your parents and they see you grinding, whether it's bodybuilding. Cause I know, you know, my mom had a problem with me body. Why do you have to get so skinny? Yeah. Yeah. And then now that I'm working, you know, pretty, pretty hard, pretty smart. Um, your parents can almost drag you down a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got, you got to be careful. Um, and, um, and they're in a different phase of life too. Yeah. You know, it's, you got to remind them, um, dad, what were you doing at 35? Like, I'm. this is like my prime. Like I, I'll probably never be more motivated in my entire life than I am at this moment. Right. So yeah. like, remember where you were. Um, I know you're in a different phase now. Um, but my dad's super good about that. My dad has been, he's on my, he's been in my top five, you know, always, um, business owner himself. So he definitely gets it. Um, but yeah, you gotta be careful with those family members. But I think the belief thing tends to be like, if there's one thing I see, um, that would be one thing that you gotta be careful of that they, you don't, uh, let them, you know, see you too small, um, or they, or let them rub that off on you. Yep. Could not agree more. So speaking of that, our friends, you know, we have a lot of great friends, but to an extent, there are those friends that have the crab in the bucket mentality, right? Yeah. Like they're not making 10K <laughs> minimum. Um, they don't understand why you need to. And, and they just assume that once you do hit that level or you are working so hard, you're already too good for them. So what? how have your friends over the last decade or two decades that you've been doing that, um, who's in your top five list, how have, how have your friendships changed? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you, um, you know, as your um, level of success changes and as you're, you know, you really find your value system um, as you grow in business, the the connections that you have change by, by nature. Um, and that's fine. Um, I think, you you know, there is a loyalty to components of friends, you know, just like family, you don't want to give up on them. But at the same time, you know, you've got to surround yourself with people that are going to support and not just like your money goals, but just the vision you have for your life. Um, yeah. Are are they going to support those aspects of it? So, you know, I think you got to be choosy. Um, you know, you got to be selfish to a degree. And um, and also at the same time, you want friendships where, you know, it's not just about like, I want them in my top five to benefit me. Um, how can I be a good top five in my friend's life? What, how am I supporting my friend's goals? It's got to be mutually beneficial. Yeah. Um, you know, that this friendship uh, breathes light energy into the both of us. We're iron sharpens iron. We're making each other better. Um, so that's, that's usually kind of the gauge I use. And I think it's, um, you know, not that uh, you just if there's friends that necessarily like are good are good friends and loyal friends, but don't um, propel you forward. It's not that you want to sever the relationship. You just need to realize at what distance, what, which circle are they in? Are they in the little circle or maybe the, the fringe circle? Um, and that's, you know, you're content with them there. Have you ever had to have a conversation with someone where they kept trying because they wanted what you have? But like you said, it was not reciprocal like they weren't putting back into you? Yeah, I have. It's, um, you know, I think uh, many of you guys can probably relate to this, but as you kind of work your way up the chain, right? Like um, everybody wants to talk, buy you coffee. Everybody wants to, to grab a bite and pick your brain, um, you know? And it's it can get be awkward to say no to those sometimes because you're like, well, I mean, you know, people pay me a lot of money to pick my brain. So I don't, you know, for $3, I don't really feel like, 
taking you up on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just have to have that conversation, right? Like, um, hey, I'm you know super focused on this, and this is why I can't um, spend time doing things like that. I think that's a really great way of putting it. That you're not putting them down. You're not saying, "Listen, so sorry." You know, it's more just like we're not at we don't it's we're not at the same place. Yeah. And I I usually just kind of turn it back and say like, "Look, I I have to work very very hard to." Uh, a lot time to go eat lunch with my dad. Um, you're quite a few steps further away from where I need to spend time than him. And that's hard for me. So I can't make the time. Um, please don't take that as an offense. Maybe you can, we can go to this. Uh, there, I got a group thing going on. I would love to see you there, you know, find, find ways to do that where you can still uh, spend time with people without, um, you know, and still stick to your time management schedule. No, I think that's brilliant. And and for those people listening, I, guys, there's nothing wrong with saying no to people. If you're at a point in your business and your life and your maybe relationship with your significant other where all you want is growth and consumption and light and energy, you have every right to just say no, whether or not you want to explain your no, that's up to you, individual preference, but say no, protect your energy, protect your light. Good. Yeah, definitely. That's well put. I'll, I'll leave it right there. <laughs> All right. Next category, your actual team. So the people you employ, your VA, your EA, your, you know, Greg, you have a bunch of personal trainers working under you. How do we, how do we choose a good, a good person? Yeah, this one's huge. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I think this is the, the bulk of the conversation. If you're going to have um, success, you have to build you can't just build a business. You need to be in the business of growing people um, because you'll never scale uh, by yourself. You know, you need good people around you and it's, it's one person at a time. You know, you, you have to really establish a core group and that is what we all talk about the culture of the business, mm. um, which is very important. So for me, my um, you know, if I'm looking to bring on new team members, it's always um, values first. Do I like them? Am I going to look forward to spending time with this person? One key thing for me that I learned over the years was if I if I pull in and I see their car in the parking lot and I'm like, oh, gosh, like they got to go. Like I, you never want that feeling to like not want to go into your own business because you because somebody's there. So they're they're obviously not a cultural fit if you're dreading seeing them. So yeah. um, you got to go values first, likability, good person and then competence. You in the end, you need both. You can't have one and not the other. Yep. You got to have both. But I always think like you can teach competence. You can teach sales skills, administrative skills. You can teach all these things. It's really not easy to teach someone to be like to change someone's value systems. Um, that that doesn't really happen. So yeah. I think you got to go do that one first and competence second. So I'm curious about let's say the competence component. I mean, everyone wants a superstar, and it's interesting that you brought up the you can't change someone's values. You know, certain things about a person are state, and certain things are trait. So. You pick an absolute rock star, which your team is full of. We know a bunch of them personally from having done the TRM 10K and, and even some in Platinum. How do you pick someone that's just enough of a rock star that they're going to stay with you without knowing they're enough of a rock star to go out and do their own thing? Yeah, I think that's um, it comes down to, again, it's always leadership, right? Like, um, And rock stars, 
um, want to grow. And if you're a pro growth leader, they're going to want to stay with you. If you're trying to push them to be better, they're going to be like, you know what? My relationship with Greg betters me. So I'm going to be loyal to him. If you want them to grow for your own selfish reasons, rock stars sniff that out quickly. And they're like, this person's using me. Um, and you can't, you can't use people. Um, they, they, it's one, it's not right. And two, they figure it out and they're going to go, you know, realize it and go elsewhere. So I think you have to like, you really have to genuinely want people to want what's best for them and trust that that's best for the both of you and set the relationships up in a way where um, if they do good, it's good for you. And if you do good, it's good for them. And you guys just motor ahead together. Um, now, before we get into the last one, when it comes to coach, mentor, family, friend, and team, what are, let's say, the three core values you hold close to your heart that you look for in those four other branches of people? Mm, that's a tough one to uh, to narrow it down. Um, the first one for me, I guess, would be honesty. It got to be trust is number one. You have to be yeah. able to, to trust the people that you're with, um, whether that's above you or below you if you want to trust your mentor um bad mentors you can't trust them uh been there um and you need to be able to trust your team um that uh you know that they're, they're not you know scheming against you right <laughs> um so tr so i would say honesty and trust is number one um probably loyalty number two um you know kind of right along the same thing and then i think then you've kind of got my third slot is kind of harder to fill but I think for me, it's probably just a culture of working hard. Um, you know, I, I don't want people that are dragging their feet. I'm not going to drag anyone along. I'm not going to like tell you to wake up on time. Like if you don't um, can't put one foot in front of the other or you're scared of hard work, then you're not going to fit in here and the team's not going to put up with you. So that's probably kind of on a whim. Those are my top three. Oh, I love that. I love those answers. Um, so then the last branch is clients. Now, for some trainers getting started, it's kind of hard to be to pick and choose which clients you want on your bus. But once you get to a point where you can start to be a little more selective, how do we choose which clients to bring on our bus? Yeah, this one's tough. And I, I've personally struggled with this one because I have a tough time. Um, I feel like I'm you know, giving up on people. But um, I've definitely learned over time that it's worth me being uncomfortable to to fire a client that drains me yeah. because there, there's clients out there and you know them um if you read matt's blog um then it lists the traits of them they they generally like there's financial issues like they either pay late they want a deal they use way more of your time and energy and if you just if you find them just always on your mind for the wrong reasons you got to get rid of them and it's so worth it because you're so much better to your other clients, to your team members. Um, you can't afford those energy drains. It's not worth the money. And again, like you said, in the beginning, you you pretty much have to say yes, yeah. but not, you don't need to be doing very well at all to start to get selective and you'll be that much better off. That money isn't worth it. Um, you gotta keep your energy up and um, those, those people gotta go. <laughs> yeah. The way I think of it is um, the kind of people, the kind of clients you'd want on your bus would be the kind whereby if you had a weekend at Hidden Gym for every single Hidden Gym client, there would be no clicks. 
there would be no cattiness. There would be not, if I had a team Jane 91 weekend in Tampa, I would expect that every single one of my clients would get along. That's yeah. what I'd like to think, right? Yeah, that's, that's a great litmus test um, to kind of like, okay, I'm looking at my client list. If I had this event, would it be a party or would there be like, would it be awkward? Yeah. Um, and then again, like I've had clients that are great in groups that were just, you know, personally draining that, you know, they're late all the time. They're always complaining. Uh, you know, you're just always, always something. Um, yeah. and, and it's, it's better when they're not around, unfortunately. And, you know, you just have to realize like firing them as a client, like they're going to get upset, but they're going to learn something about themselves. And, um, maybe they're a client again later on and, or maybe they, you know, they needed to learn that lesson. They won't bring yeah. that. They'll be better off because of it. Totally. <laughs> it's, totally. Like firing, it's like firing an employee. Like yeah. sometimes it's the best thing you can do for them. And they will go on to something more suited for them. Or like you said, they'll learn their lesson, maybe clean up their characteristics a little bit, their traits, their values, and then come back when they are more suited for your bus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Um, Greg, before we finish, is there anything you would like to anything you would like to finish with as it relates to who's on your bus? I would encourage people to uh, to get out a piece of paper and uh, and do the activity I did. I, I tell a lot of people this. I don't know how long your career is, whether it's two years or twenty. You know, pick, um, but take at least uh, you know you know three, four, five years and. List out the people that you spent the most time with. List out that top five and see how did that affect your fitness goals? How did that affect your business goals? How did that affect your enjoyment of your life? And um, and just make some analyzations and um, and then you know be intentional. Think about 2022 is you know a couple months away. Um, who who do you want in your top five? And um, you know what do you want out of the year? And how can you you know put people around you that um, that are going to make that happen? Brilliant. And don't forget, guys, Greg also said uh, about 10 minutes ago, you have to think about how you can be good in somebody else's top five, right? Like you're spending time with five other people a lot, but other people are spending a lot of time with you. Make sure you are always leveling up. You are always holding yourself to a higher standard. You are always, you know, having integrity, being loyal, being honest and authentic, and of course, hardworking, right? Greg's three values. Yeah, that's it. You don't, uh, you can't don't think about it in a selfish way. Like, how can I get things from these from my top five? But you want to be equally as valuable, if not more valuable as a part of their top five. Yeah, perfect. Greg, as always, gold nuggets. Thank you so, so much for your time. I appreciate you. Oh, me too, Jamie. Great job. Uh, thank you for having me. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Always a pleasure. Guys, if you found value in today's episode, share it on your Instagram or Facebook. Be sure to tag Jame91, Mindset underscore Matt, Trainer Revenue Multiplier. Greg, what is your Instagram? Greg.w.mccoy. We are on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Or you could watch every Thursday at 1130 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Facebook page. Guys, Thank you so much and have an amazing day.